Blog Talk Radio. Oh, it has been a few Saturdays since we've had a live show here on Off the Shelf. Uh, so welcome back to all of our loyal listeners here at Blog Talk Radio. And our number of listeners is continuing to grow and, and nearly in the last couple of weeks almost doubling. As, as you all know, we're going into our eighth year here on the air, and soon we will be at our eighth year anniversary and heading into our ninth year. It's hard to believe all oh, the show's been on the air that long. But here at Blog Talk Radio, we've been on about two years, and we also still air where we started at Blake Radio. So we're on two different um Two different stations that you can tune into our show. Again, it's Blake Radio at the Rainbow Soul Channel or right here at Blog Talk Radio where you are now. I just have to thank you all for joining us uh, all of these years. Oh, my goodness. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And for those of you who it, your, you might have just been on the Internet a Saturday morning, you're saying, what can I do? I want to listen to something. And you just stopped by off the shelf, and it's your first time t- uh, tuning into the show. I want to introduce myself to you and welcome you again to Blog Talk Radios and Blake Radios off the shelf for this Saturday, August the 11th. Can you guys believe school is going to be starting again soon? And thank you, thank you. Time gets by. Thank you for joining us here this morning. As I always tell you, and I, I mean this sincerely, it is an absolute joy to have you here. I'm your host, for those of you, again, who is your first time tuning in, I'm your host, Denise Turney, coming to you live from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, the city of brotherly love. And thank you again for your support, and I encourage you, don't let another day pass before you pick up a copy of my new book, Love Pour Over Me. You're going to get mystery and love and the relationships and the friendships in Love Pour Over Me. You want to get a copy of this book today. You can get a copy at online retailers everywhere, Amazon.com, Barnes & Noble, Ingram Digital, iTunes, Google Reader. It's all of, also available in print at bookstores all over the world uh, in, in print. So you can get it in print and you can get it in digital. The, the least expensive copy I've seen is at eBook It, and it's for $3.99 for an eBook. So please go over and grab a copy of Love Pour Over Me today. And let me know how you enjoy the book. I would love to hear from you. And now to the moment that you have been waiting for, let us go and meet our special guest. Today's off-the-shelf featured guest is Catherine Kessler. Catherine is a mother. She's a grandmother and an article writer. She is also the author of the Marvin Discovers children's book series. While you're listening to today's show, this is what I love about Internet radio. You can go over and check Catherine out online at her website, MarvinDiscovers.com, and that's M-A-R-V-I-N-D-I-S-C-O-V-E-R-S.com. It's spelled the way it sounds, MarvinDiscovers.com. You can tune into the show. You can listen to her as we explore how she got started writing uh, and, 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 and her process of creating her children's books and how she promotes and markets her books and so much more. You can l- listen to the show and learn that. And at the same time, you can visit her website and read some of her book excerpts and learn more about her books and, and, and see the wonderful covers and illustrations in her book. Again, that's MarvinDiscovers.com. Welcome to Off the Shelf, Catherine. Thanks, Denise. Thank you very much. Hello, everybody. And, Denise, congratulations on your accomplishments over the last eight years. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. It, 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 you're one of our uh, – we've had authors of children's books on before. You're you're one of the few. Most of our, our, our uh, uh, adult novels and, or nonfiction books. And then we've also had editors and publishers and screenplay pl- uh, writers and producers and directors on. So you, you, you're you in a, a, um, a good crowd of folks. So thank you for taking time out of your day to be here with us. I wanted to ask you to start. Did you read a lot when you were a little girl? And if so, what were some of your favorite books? 
Uh, I guess I read. I wasn't a voracious reader. I, you know, I read um, the things that I needed to for school and and all that stuff. I distinctly remember reading um, and really loving it, even till to, even to this day. Uh, Charlotte's Web. Okay. That was yeah. That was definitely my favorite. Of course, as you can tell, there's lots of animals in that, so mm-hmm. that kind of relates to my love for animals. <laughs> And I remember reading Charlotte's Web. I was a big uh, Judy Bloom later, and then uh, I loved Tippy Longstocking. Oh my goodness, I love those books. So you did most of your yeah. reading in school, and then you also read a lot. You you said you were a voracious reader when you were a kid. Uh, no, I said I wasn't really a voracious oh, reader. Oh, okay, <laughs> okay. Um, I- I, I grew up on a farm, so I spent a lot of my time outside with the farm animals. Okay, okay. <laughs> how, how have the stories that you did read? I, I can I can see now you were you said you grew up on a farm where your appreciation for Charlotte's Web would come from. How have the stories that you did read as a child, whether you read them to complete a school project or you read them for just enjoy, sheer enjoyment, how have those stories? impacted your writing today as a children's book writer? I think they impacted it in the way that it just spurs my imagination. Um, I remember be, you know, growing up on the farm and creating little stories with my kittens or with the little chickens that ran around when they were growing up. Um, and just, you know, reading Charlotte's Web just showed me how I can bring those stories to life um, for other people to enjoy, how I can bring the character of the animals that I was playing with at the time, bring that character to life. And, you know, I, I didn't start writing um, children's stories until much later in my life, but I just remember, you know, really connecting with Charlotte's Web and the character of, characters of the animals in that story. Now, when you read Charlotte's Web, and this, this is a question that just coming to me as I'm listening to you answer the, the uh, other question I just asked, but when you read Charlotte's Web, did you say to yourself at that point, I could do this? Did you say that? Did, did that? did that come up in you? Do you recall as a kid saying, I could do this, I could write a book just like this? Um. I don't recall actually thinking those exact words or even thinking that I could be a children's author. Um, I I do remember thinking, hey, this is a great story. Um, I, you know, I had animals on the farm that could have easily been in the story because I could relate to the character of the, of the animal, like the sheep or I could connect with them, with some of the animals on my farm. It just, I could see the comparison. I could see how similar it was to, to growing up on a farm. Okay. And when, you said it was later in your life, so can you let our off-the-shelf listeners know, when did you decide that you wanted to start writing children's book? And was there a particular event that inspired you to become a writer? I'm always curious to hear authors answer this question uh, uh, and some of them, oddly enough, I say somebody somebody um, said there was a contest that came up, enter a contest, or somebody made a bet with them. And then it's just interesting how each writer got started into the, the profession. But when did you decide to write novels, and was there a particular event that happened that inspired you to become a writer? I started writing novels in 2009. Okay. Uh, I was um I was inspired literally by my dog Marvin. He's a little lap dog and he inspired me I guess it would be about 2 years prior to me writing down the story. He discovered the first snowfall and that's what inspired me. I sat with him for 20 minutes and chatted with my son and my husband and you know, I just kind of made up the story, and it took me two years to to work out the courage to put it on paper and send it into an editor. Wow! So you your dog is playing in the snow, and that's where that I just find it fascinating how ideals pop up in us. 
you know, when you find a genesis of something in a person that is so interesting, just seeing your dog enjoy playing in the snow, and from that you have launched a children's book series. I find it fascinating. To you it might not be, but to me it's fascinating when I see the genesis of how somebody got started doing something. Now, before the close of the show, and I didn't ask you this before, but I want to ask you now, and if you can't, that's fine. I wanted to ask if you could read an excerpt from one of your Marvin Discovers books. Not sure if you have one there with you or not. Uh, just give me a second here. I have one handy. You might hear me rustling around, but I do have one handy. Oh, okay, that would be a treat. A treat for our <laughs> listeners, because I know everybody loves to hear the author read excerpts from their book. That's the reason people go to a lot of book signings and to hear the author talk about how they created the book and to hear them read from the, their, their book. Now, is it true, Catherine, that the Marvin discovered, oh, yeah, you already told me, it inspired you from from, from your How long had you had Marvin before this event happened? I know you said you started writing in '09, but how long had you had your dog? Uh, we got Marvin in 2006, the summer of 2006. So it would have been that winter that he discovered the first snowfall. Wow! And, Can you uh, go ahead? Can you introduce our 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 listeners here at Off the Shelf to some of the main characters? Uh, who are in Marvin. We we know Marvin. Maybe you can tell us a little bit about Marvin's personality. But if you could introduce our listeners to some of the main characters in the Marvin Discovers books, what what these characters are like and how they help move the the, the story in each of the books forward. Okay. Well, Marvin is a lap dog. He's a a puppy in the story. He's um, a very rambunctious, adventurous, um, nosy, curious uh, little puppy. He's just always into things, got to check things out, you know, got to taste whatever is new to him, all that kind of, you know, curious little puppy. And his owner is the other character in the story. Her name is Jane. She's loosely based on me as a child. Okay. And she helps Marvin discover his world. She explains to Marvin what he's discovering. And I guess she's kind of Marvin's voice. Okay. Are there any little other children? And are there, so I'm assuming that Jane and Marvin are in each book. They're they're the characters who the readers can see in each book and grow closer and closer to them with each book that you do release. Are there any children that show up in the story, or is it basically just Marvin and Jane? Are there other animals? Uh, it's basically Marvin and Jane discovering the world around them. The, the first book I wrote was Marvin Discover, Discovers the Snow, and it's Jane and Marvin going out and playing in the first snowfall of the season. And my second book is Marvin Discovers the Beach, and Marvin and Jane go to the beach together for a day, and they do encounter a little boy, and they do encounter wonderful sea creatures while they're at the beach. Ah, see, that's what gets your imagination really sparking. Oh, my goodness. What, 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 I'm an adult, and I still like children's books, i got to tell you. What do you do? What do you do, Catherine? Uh, 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 you grew up on a farm, a mother, a grandmother. What do you do to reignite? I mean, to really bring those childhood memories and emotions and the excitement that that we felt, and we can, we still can feel it as an adult. But oh my goodness, when I can remember when I was a child, everything was new and fascinating and exciting. I was like wild when I saw a rainbow, and wild when I would. My dad would be driving, and I'd see birds uh, perched atop of, um, like, electric, the wire on the electric pole. Any little thing, a caterpillar, seeing a snail or a worm after it rained, I was so fascinated, a puddle, just little things that today I just walked by it like I didn't even see it. But just (laughs) a a line of ants moving. I was just fascinated, and I had to just stop and look and look and look. I was that part of being a child, that wonder and that excitement. How do you reignite that as an adult when you're writing your book so you can 
you can help, I don't know, expand or share that excitement with your readers who are children as a writer? Well, I have a little granddaughter that I play with, and she definitely reignites the inner child within me. And, you know, sometimes I just go with Marvin and for a walk, and just watching him and thinking about what a child would notice, what a child would be interested in, and I just, you know, connect with my inner child that way. But mostly I think about my granddaughter and play with my granddaughter, and that just, there goes the creativity right there. (laughs) Wow. I guess, you know, and I'm listening to you, and I'm saying maybe it would be good for each of us to spend more time with children. Again, I remember when I was young, and everything was so fascinating to me and then a lot of things you know are are new then but it was just life was full of wonderment and excitement when I was a kid how tough is it I gotta tell you Catherine earlier in my writing career I used to read Writer's Digest and uh, I forget the other one I think it was The Writer I used to read those books I used to go I remember going to the um I think it was Wall Books on Gay Street in Knoxville, Tennessee, where I spent my childhood. I thought I was born in Ohio. But um, I remember going there every week. I, I knew I was a writer, and I would go there every week, and I would read those magazines. And one thing I came across in my research and study as a writer was that writing children's books, although I thought it would be so easy a breeze because there's very little text in a children's uh-huh. book. I thought, oh, this is this would be so easy. Now I don't write children's books, but I heard it's difficult. I heard it is maybe as difficult, if not more challenging, than writing a full-length adult novel. It is just I'm told it to you cannot write down to the children. You have to write a certain way to keep the child engaged. Is it is it challenging? As I've, as I've heard it is, to write children's books. It looks like it would be a breeze, but is it challenging? Yes, I do find it challenging at times, and that's when I go into the local bookstore um, up here in Canada. They're called Chapters or Indigo. Um, I think you guys have Barnes & Noble down there. Yep. Yeah, I just go into a local bookstore or even the library and just go to the children's section and I pull out some books and I sit and I read the children's stories and just, you know, that kind of brings on some inspiration as well. It it And you can read how the story flows so that you can kind of match how your story will go along, it will, will flow along. Um, so, yeah, I do I do have to say it is difficult. Uh the stories that I that I get inspired with, I find once I'm inspired, I can just you know write it down very quickly. However, after that, there, I edit it a lot to make it flow right, to make make sure that it's not talking down to the child, to make sure that they're engaged and wanting to turn the next page to find out what Mar what happens to Marvin. Yes, yeah, and then you see for me, I think my my challenge would be too much text. Going on too long. I mean, it's the the pacing. You can't write too little. You can't write too much. You've got to ignite that child's imagination. It's it's. I commend you on on, on what you have done. And I and I think this is so smart. And, and and I've seen writers of adult books do this book series because you you've already got the the people who've read the first book, and then they want to come back and find out what's going to happen to the character. So you've you've you can keep your original readers and just keep getting more and more and more readers uh-huh. of your book to grow your readership. I think a series is 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 so smart. Would you say that you write primarily, because you also are an article writer, you also write articles, yeah. would you say that you write primarily to entertain, even with your children's books, because some writers have a purpose for what they're writing, would you say for you it's you write primarily to entertain or to educate? Uh, my children's books are definitely to entertain the children and the parents or grandparents who are enjoying the book with their child. Um, my articles are more to educate or to 
maybe I should maybe it sounds better when I say it to share my parenting knowledge with those parents out there today okay. or grandparents. <laughs> and, and what what age groups are the Marvin Discovers books written for? What 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 age group of children? Uh, three to seven. Okay. My goal my goal on that is. Um, you know, I want the parents or the grandparents to read the stories to the children as the children are growing and learning how to read. And then my hope is the ch- children will turn around and read it back to the parents. Ah, okay. How 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 wonderful. Um, <laughs> and how long, Catherine, when you sit down to write a book? Now, you've written two and you started in '09. How long does it take you? to write each of your books. And then I want to also talk to you about working with an illustrator. But how long does it take you to write a book? And about how many pages, I'm get, well, I don't want to answer for you, but how many pages are in your books and about how long does it take you to write one of your books? Um, the length of time it takes me to write the book, once I get focused on a story, um, it could take me possibly up to a week. Uh, like I said before, once I get inspired, I can really, you know, get the story down on paper. I can make it, you know, I get the, my ideas and everything out on paper, and then it's the editing and the the checking and, you know, reading it to my granddaughter, getting her reaction, reading it to my, um, my adult family, getting their reaction. So I would say it takes about a week for me to to finalize the story to the point that I want to send it to an editor. Um, I think... What you what you're doing is very smart. You just gave me an idea myself. Now, with a full length novel, it would take longer for somebody to read it. But I work with my editor. But sometimes I think having somebody else also read your story, they might catch something that an editor is reading it from a different perspective, and the writer, of course, is reviewing their work from a, a different perspective. But somebody who doesn't have those attachments to the story, they can maybe tell you different things than an editor could tell you or you could catch yourself. I think that's smart that you're doing that, and you just gave me an idea. What's the writing process like for you? You said it takes about a week for you to write a book. But what's that process for you when you say, you know what, I've got an idea for a book and I'm going to sit down and write something? Do you write in the mornings, the evenings? Do you use an outline when you're writing, character sketches? What's that process of creating a book like for you? I guess I'm a bit of a lazy writer. I don't make an outline. I just, you know, I just, oh, I've got this idea. Maybe, you know, let's go with it. So, yes, I do sit down in the morning. Morning is my more creative time. I'm more alert. I love the mornings. I love sitting outside in the morning sun with a cup of coffee, and I'll sit down and have my notepad, and I'll just start writing my idea down and making it flow. Um, sometimes I might actually physically take Marvin for a walk and, you know, just get inspired by his curiosity about the world around him to help me finish the story. And then from there, it's, you know, editing and just getting other people's outside the box, so to speak, to look at my idea and tweak it a little bit here and there. So you just sit down and basically start writing. Yeah. Yeah, so that's, yeah. What would have, what's the type of feedback? And this is, I think, one of the greatest rewards as a writer is when you get some feedback from your readers. Would have children and their parents, like if you go to book signings, et cetera, or you just get emails from people. But what have children and parents and teachers and grandparents, et cetera, what have they been telling you, their feelings, their thoughts about the Marvin Discovers books? What have they been sharing with you? Uh, they have been sharing that their children can't put the book down. As soon mm. as they see it or you know, on their bookshelf or lying on the floor, they go up to it and just sit down and start, you know, Turning the pages, not necessarily are they able to read it. However, they can look at the pictures and they can, they you know, they point at Marvin, they point at the characters that he's discovering, and it's really been good feedback. The parents say that their kids love the book. They, the parents have said they love the illustrations. They're very um, colorful and interactive. So it's been great feedback. That's that's good, and that that 
that makes you feel good as a writer, and it's encouraging. It makes you want to continue with your writing, particularly there are, now there's uh, so many more books out here on the market today, particularly with technology where you can uh, uh, put out an e-book and your overhead uh, expenses are extremely minimal, maybe just a couple of hundred bucks, if that. So there's uh-huh. so many books on the market, but children's books, I would imagine, they don't, I, I don't know, have you experimented or do you know of writers who have experimented with putting children's books out in a digital format? And if so, I, I, I would how would that work? Have you done that yourself? Do you know other authors who have, who've put children's books out as e-books and what, what type of success they've had with that? I don't know of any authors that have put their books out as e-books. Um, I, I am aware of an author. She's from Australia. She puts her books out as an app, oh. and I know she that I know she has had great success with that to the point now she's teaching other authors how to do it. Um, so yeah, I know that there are some children's books that you can get as a PDF format. Okay, okay, that's interesting. Well, what what I was going starting to go with was the feedback that you get from children and parents and teachers, et cetera. Is there's so many books on the market today? Now I don't know if it's the same with children's books. That's why I was bringing up the e-books and the the low your 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 the, the amount of money you have to put out to publish a mm-hmm. book now, we're talking maybe a couple of hundred bucks. Then you got to get down to the marketing part of it, which I want to talk about at the latter part of today's show. But have you seen, uh, from the adult fiction book I've seen, that just I, I remember when I started publishing in 98, it, the market, the book publishing industry has changed. I mean, it has done a, like a complete about face. I'm not sure uh-huh. in Canada, but I know in the U.S. it has really changed. It is almost completely different over the period of, what, 14 years since I, uh-huh. I've entered it, you know, and been published. It's really changed. There's so many books. Oh, my God. It's, it, it, it makes you think everybody has written a book. Have you seen that same saturation in the children's book market Uh, uh I would just think it would be challenging, but have you seen that? My my estimation is it hasn't hit the children's book market. Have you seen that? Like just so many children's books out here. Yes, actually, I have seen it. And wow! I've only been in I've only been in the you know the children's book industry for a short time, and yes, even when I started, I you know it was an eye opener to realize that the children. Um, book area genre is very big and it is it's really a challenge to break into that as well because there's so many options out there for parents to find for their children to read I don't know why I'm surprised you know why I'm probably surprised (laughs) I don't go looking for children's books a lot but my goodness Wow, yeah, and and, and each publisher and each author I think publishers will find a way uh they're going to find a way to sort of set themselves apart again they or 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 it's going to just become a big i don't know i i think something has to be done to talent is going to win out we know that so you know just like uh-huh. the story is what's going to be able to um set set an author apart because there are so many books out here not to mention television and different other options uh, videos for entertainment for children and adults. There's just so much that was make the marketing part of it challenging. Now you've also developed Marvin approved discoveries activity sheets, which is a smart move. What are these sheets? Can you tell our listeners what are these sheets, and who are they designed for? The parents or the children? These Marvin's Disco- Marvin's approved discoveries are designed for the children. They're basically crafts that Marvin and I have created together. That's why they're called Marvin Approved. And it is for the child. The parents can download it, just, you know, sign up for the, uh, the, the activity sheets to be sent to them via email. Then, they are, then they're able to download it 
and make a creation together as a family. It's just my goal there is to just get parents in, engaging with their children, um, getting them away from the electronics, getting away mm. from TV, the video games, the movies, and just doing something hands-on together as a family. Some yeah, of them are 15 minutes. 15-minute crafts. Some of them are a little bit longer. It's just to give parents an idea of how to create with their children. I think that's fantastic. And I'm not sure, if again, in Canada, if it's the same in the U.S. with, the again, the um, the videos and just so many things uh, that ch- children and y- youth, uh, preteens, can do that they don't become as active and maybe they don't, you know, expand their mind as much as children did years ago, but uh, then activities that would, I don't know in Canada if they had the same problem with obesity and whatnot that they do in the U.S., activities that the children could go outside and be active with their parents because they're trying everything to get uh-huh. kids outside to be more active here in the U.S. Are you ready to read an excerpt from one of the Marvin Discovers books for off-the-shelf listeners? This is like That's- a treat treat for me. <laughs> Absolutely, I'm ready. And okay. you know, my question to you is: is how much do you want me to read? <laughs> you can read. You can read as much as you want. We're a little more than halfway through with today's show, but just take your time and read whatever you want. Um, and then we're going to go into some other other things about writing and marketing, etc. Okay. So I am going to read from my second book, Marvin Discovers the Beach. I really wish you could see the illustrations. <laughs> Mm. Okay, so it starts out. Wake up, Marvin. Wake up, whispers Jane. Marvin jumps up in his seat and looks out the car window. Look, we are at the beach, says Jane excitedly. We are going to play on the beach beside the ocean today. Marvin bounces with excitement. He has never been to the beach and can't wait to discover its treasures. Jane opens the car door. Marvin jumps out. Swoosh, swoosh, squawk, squawk. The crashing waves and the cries from the seagulls are very scary. It's so big and loud. Marvin whimpers and leaps back into the car. Okay, Marvin, let's go on an adventure, encouraged Jane. Marvin and Jane walk slowly to the edge of the water. The water creeps close to their toes. Marvin jumps back and barks. Marvin, those are the waves of water coming towards you, explains Jane. The ocean moves with waves. Touch the water with your paw. Marvin steps forward and lets the water waves wash over his paw. He lifts his paw and licks the dripping water. Marvin shakes his head, sneezes, and sticks his tongue out. Yuck. Yuck, Marvin, the water tastes salty, says Jane, as she tastes the water, too. It has lots of salt. That's why we can't drink it. Something floats by Marvin as he stands watching the waves. What is that, Marvin, asks Jane. Jane reaches to pick up a stick. Look, it's a piece of driftwood. Marvin bounces and growls. Go fetch, Marvin, shouts Jane. Marvin loves to play fetch. And I think I'll stop there. <laughs> oh my goodness! Oh, I'm I'm an adult, and I could have listened to you. I could have listened to you keep reading, and even without the illustrations, I was just you could have kept going. Oh my goodness! You read you read your stories very well, and I can tell that you care about your characters, and your love for your dog comes through, and your excitement. Your your it's it, you have this natural enthusiasm for. I can tell that you write your stories with a sincerity, and it comes across in your reading of your stories. And so I appreciate that, and I'm sure children and parents do as well. But thank you, thank you, thank you so much for reading to us from Marvin Discovers the Beach. Just you did a great job. I really appreciated that, and and a, and a very good, interesting, and engaging story. Um, have you been able to get your children's books into schools? Because I would imagine, you know, getting them into the bookstores 
are tough enough. And then once you get them in the bookstores, you got to get people in there to buy the books. But if you get them in the schools, you can make those bulk sales. Have you been able to get the Marvin Discovers books in schools? And if so, for off-the-shelf listeners who might be children's writers themselves, can you share what that process was like for you? Uh, I my my first book I did get into the school in the community that um, I was living in at the time, uh, and that that was thoroughly just by the fact that the principal was a really good friend of mine and wanted to showcase my book. Um, the process that um, would need to happen is just basically sending out a press release to the schools in your area, explaining that you. You know, you have this book, um, you would love to come in and read it to the classes. Even creating a bit of um, an exercise that you can do with the kids in the class um, would be helpful as well. Um, Teachers really like it when you're engaging the children in learning, especially if it's covering a topic that the um, teachers are covering at that time. Just offering that little bit of a um, little bit more of education from an, from someone outside of the school is a great help to to the teachers. Yeah, I have a friend who writes children's books, and she was at an event in New York just to give our listeners who might be also children's book writers and looking for ideals and ways to get your books in uh, into the schools. And she would attended an event, and a, t- a teacher came and saw her book and ordered copies of her book. So attending events, your idea, I appreciate you sharing it, is one I had never heard of before, to send press releases to the schools and activities and volunteering to come and read from your book at the schools. Because those are are a lot of good bulk orders when it comes to children's books, getting your books in schools. Now, I've gone to your website, which I've encouraged our off-the-shelf listeners to do at the start Uh of the show. And again, Catherine Kessler, the author of the Marvin Discovers book series, her website is marvindiscovers.com, spelled the way it sounds, M-A-R-V-I-N-D-I-S-C-O-V-E-R-S.com. If you could go over that now, I have so much more to cover with her. I know I'm not going to get to everything because we only have a about 20 minutes left. But your books are so well illustrated. Thank you. And if our, again, if our if you, off-the-shelf listeners, if you go over to marvindiscovers.com, you can see some of those illustrations. I wanted to ask you, who is your book illustrator, and what advice would you give to authors? Especially I'm thinking pricing and talent and, 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 and the quality of the work. Who's your book illustrator, and what advice would you give to authors who are seeking an illustrator for their books? Well, the first bit of advice I would give is, you know, when you do connect with the illustrator that you've approached, I really feel connecting with the person is a big asset. Um, if you, you know, like my my illustrator for Marvin Discovers the Beach, her name is Karen Sim, and I met her over, I went to something like a flea market, and she was there showcasing her art. And I just approached her because she had some children's books that she had illustrated for um, prior to mine. And her her illustrations just bring out Marvin's character right from the start. She's also an animal lover. She just turns her characters into wonderful little creatures on the page that you just want to engage what's happening to them in the picture. So connecting with the illustrator, in my mind, is very important. You're working with someone who understands what you're saying, what you're thinking, where the story is going. And if you, I feel if you didn't have that connection, it makes the process um, a little bit more um, cumbersome, a bit okay. of a struggle. You ought to, I'm listening to you, as soon as you said that, uh, my, my memory went ding, 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 ding. You're the second person who has said that. They said it's it's the, the the other woman, her illustrations, as in Marvin discovers, very well done. She said it's very important to connect. You have to connect with the person so that they can almost share your vision for the story and help help you bring it to life. Again, uh-huh. and, and I encourage our listeners to go over to MarvinDiscovers.com to learn more about the book and to buy a copy of the book. And also you can see those illustrations. You heard Catherine reading, so you know the story is exciting. She was reading without 
any illustrations, and then when you combine it with the illustrations and you take a child's imagination, oh, my mm-hmm. goodness, you know, and, and, and the Marvin Discovers books for, for the age group, for our listeners, three to seven, and these books might be the, the book that helps your child learn to read and learn to uh, acquire an appreciation for reading because Catherine's done such a good job at creating a story that can help ignite uh, a child's imagination and their, their desire to explore and et cetera. Now, where did you get the idea to create a goodies package? I can see the businesswoman in you. Man, she is at work. <laughs> where did you get the <laughs> idea to create the goodies package? I mean, you listening, our off-the-shelf listeners, not only has Catherine written an excellent book, she reads it very well. She's got great illustrations. She's got the activity sheets. How many children's books? Do you know that come with all of this? Personally, this is the first for me that I've seen. You've got the activity sheets, the great illustrations, the great story, and now the goodies package. Now, where did you get the idea to create this goodies package to go along with the Marvin Discovers book series? And then if you could just tell us, what is a goodies package? Okay, the idea actually came from talking to other marketing um, experts out there in the Internet world. Um, just you know, seeing what other, and also researching what other authors have on the go as well, researching their websites, and you know, just kind of getting ideas from other authors, other marketing people, etc. That's where that idea came from. And within the goodie package, you would receive a T-shirt, a DVD of my first wow. book, Marvin Discover Snow, as well as a copy of Marvin Discover Snow. And I guess, I mean, I'm just looking at it. I need to update my picture. You'll also receive a copy of Marvin Discovers the Beach. Wow. Oh, my goodness. And this this comes with, if you order a book, you get all of this? Or you have if to you order, order the goodie package. Or you order, wow. That's, that's, wow, that, that is really, really great. Now, I'm sure when you go on the road, you take all of that with you. That is something. Again, your your business acumen is is solid. When did you start blogging? When did you start blogging? I've heard so much about blogging. I know blogging. I heard about it years ago, and I recently started blogging just this last August. For some reason, for years, I thought, eh, it's not really going to do anything. And I added a book blog to my book site, and I also have a business blog, writemoneyinc.com. But I uh, added a blog to my chisel.com site, and I gotta tell you, my traffic almost doubled. It 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 really is beneficial. When did you start blogging, and what are some of the benefits that you've gained as an author from blogging? Uh, I started blogging shortly after I wrote my first book. It hadn't quite been published yet, so I guess that would have been 2010. I started to blog. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I started out, you know, very shaky, like I was on thin ice. Am I doing this right? I'm hoping it's getting out there. And the benefit I receive from it is I'm I'm, I'm getting known. Um, my name is out there. Um, people are finding me. Go, Catherine. And, yeah. Go, Catherine. I love to hear, <laughs> as an author, I tell you, I do. I love to hear when authors... I know how much work it goes into this, and you have a you have a strong business acumen. And sometimes it takes somebody else looking at us to see, wow, she's sharp. It takes because we don't see it sometimes, and it takes somebody else to see it. So good for you. And do you recommend Catherine that authors blog, and why would you recommend it? And how much? This is a question I've had people ask. How much work goes into blogging? And how often would you suggest somebody blog a week? I, I would suggest blogging once or twice a week. Um, I've found a, a happy medium there at once a week. And it takes, it depends how creative you feel, I guess, that week. Um, it can take anywhere from 15 minutes to an hour to create a blog and getting it posted and getting it set up for your readers to see. And also, uh, after you do a blog, this is what I do with all of them. If you're on the social media networks, and we are going to get to discuss some of the aspects of marketing as we get down to the last 15 minutes, because I know we have listeners who are writers and some who might be just involved in small business and it might not have anything to do with books, but they want to get some insights, some tips 
on how can search their products and reach their audience and connect with their audience. And and for the blogging, if you're on social media networks, I recommend that you first of all submit, submit your blog to the search engines and to some blog directories, and also that you when you put your new blog post out, you send them out to the social media networks that you're on. And the uh-huh. regular blogging, like Catherine said, once or twice a week, as you what I found that blogging the more frequent you blog, although you don't have to do it every day, I find that the search engines will pick your blog content up more. And then yeah. also include a byline with your blog because you might get in things like Google News uh, if it's it's you're blogging about something that's timely, like you might be blogging as a children's writer about something that has to do with the start of school, with school starting. If you include your byline, just say, you know, by, it was written by you, uh-huh. or, or, or if you have guest bloggers, then it can possibly also get picked up in some search engines like Google News, and you can get a lot of traffic out of that as well. I want to ask yep. you next, uh, Catherine, how can organizations, I mean, for what you do, your, your your goodie bag, your activity sheets, and then I'm this just popped into my head. With the activity sheets that you want, uh, you know, the, 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 the purpose behind that or the inspiration is so that uh, children and their caretakers, whether it's a parent, a guardian, or a grandparent, so that they can interact with each other, and that strengthens their relationship and their communication and their bonding. I was just thinking for children and parents who might, children who are in like, um, what to say they 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 they've gone into some type of a support system because their parents are struggling. Their parents might have struggled with a, a alcohol, drug addiction. I don't know if this ever. This just popped into my head with those activity sheets that you have with the parents who feel I'm almost a little uncomfortable talking to their children. They could read to their children. Do those activities that you you have in your activity sheets. And it could really help a child and a parent who's been struggling with their relationship to help start to bond better. That just popped into my mind. So I wanted to ask you, how can organizations, including those who deal with children who, who, who might be what they call at risk, how can organizations and churches and book clubs, et cetera, how can they contact you to have you come speak to them and then maybe get more information on your activity sheets again where an organization can, can work with groups of parents and children to help them bond better and communicate better as they work on these activities together that you've developed? They can contact me by going to my website, marvindiscovers.com, and at the top there's, you know, little buttons to push, and one says contact. And they can just fill in the information, send a little uh, message, and I will receive it, and I can contact them right away back. Have you ever thought about working with those types of organizations, Catherine? Being the no, part of those just, activity sheets. Yeah. Actually, you gave me a uh, wonderful idea, Denise. Thank you. I can, you know, that's some, that's another group of people that I can certainly approach. Yeah, with your activity sheets, that just popped into my head, and I thought that would be really a blessing for some parents and children. That could be almost life changing because they might not yeah. know any other way to really start communicating uh, if they have some, you know, some history that makes it difficult for them to communicate. What advice? Believe it or not, we've only got about 11 minutes left. But what advice would you give to new artists? They are trying, 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 Catherine, to do what you've done. They're trying to land the first book contract. What advice would you give to a new artist who's trying to land that first book deal? To just keep going. <clears throat> do not give up on your dream. Um, make it, Make it a reality. I know there are days where, you know, I felt it, I still feel it at times, defeated that nobody's going to ever be interested in my product. And yet the days that somebody, you know, like yourself, someone who takes interest in my product, it just, you know, you're right back up there again. Your energy is is there. You want to keep going. So my best advice is, is keep going. Keep a positive attitude. Believe in yourself and believe in the product that you're you're making. Wow, and thank you for sharing that. And and what did you learn? What have you learned about yourself 
while you've been creating your books that you didn't know before you sat down to write? Uh, what did I learn? I I guess I learned that I can be very creative when I want to be and that I do have a great capacity for patience and for persevering. Wow, yeah, and you do need that. <laughs> <laughs> you do need, you know, you when you we watch people, the Olympics are on, you know, the getting ready to close out. When you watch people mm-hmm. achieve their dreams, sometimes, like watching the Olympics, it looks so easy. You said, oh, that guy just ran 100 meters. How hard could that be? And then you go out and try to do it, and you're like, oh, it could be very difficult. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah. You see people, do you see Somebody swimming in a pool, you're like, ah, oh, they swim a couple of laps. How hard could that be? Yeah, then you go out there and you try to do it, and you're like, oh, it could be very difficult. So it, you do, it does take patience and perseverance, even when we have a dream and an inspiration, even if it's meant, to, it's our destiny for it to be fulfilled. It doesn't mean you don't have to roll your sleeves up and put a lot of work into it. Other than going to the MarvinDiscovers.com website, and I certainly hope, hope that um, our listeners do go your website, learn more about your books and the goodie bag and activity sheets, especially parents who might be, again, struggling to find a way to communicate with their children. Your activity sheets could be really, really a godsend. How can listeners, besides your website, and I hope they do go there and purchase lots of copies, but where, where are some other places that the Marvin Discovers books are for sale, either in Canada or in the U.S. or online? They are available on Amazon.com. I believe that's the only place right now that they're available. Um, however, Amazon is, you know, both countries. So they are available on Amazon.com. Okay. And are you going to be on the road attending any book signings, doing any readings? And if so, could you just let us know about some appearances, even some other interviews that you have over the coming months? Actually, I don't have anything scheduled right now. Um, I would love to come and visit you. Again, if you want me to come and, and visit you, you can contact me over my website again on the contact page. Okay. And just to let let everybody know, it's not just me that comes. Um, Marvin comes along as well. Oh, okay, Marvin. <laughs> and, and what what I will definitely want to touch on a little bit of marketing a little a little further for our our listeners who are tuning in and they're they're looking for ideas themselves. How can I market my products? Whether they sell books or paintings or music or or, or poetry, what whatever it is that they create, what have been some of the most effective marketing or promotion tools and strategies that you've used? Uh, to get the word out about your Marvin Discovers books, things that, you know, we all, we all I, I mean, I write a lot of these articles myself, and we hear a lot of things that work, but sometimes they don't, they not prove effective maybe for your book or or a particular author. What has proven effective to be effective for you at spreading the word about your Marvin Discovers books? Uh, the use of Twitter, the use of Facebook, Connecting with my fans and followers um, daily, uh, just you know, keeping them engaged and excited about the next adventure for Marvin. Um, connecting with uh, school libraries, uh, like I said before, sending out information about the books and out to the schools. That's been quite successful as well. Okay, okay, and tw- I've heard so many people say. Twitter's effective. I don't know. I must not be using Twitter right. I have seen Facebook be effective, but there must be a secret to this Twitter. I've heard people say they could use Twitter and sell thousands of books, and I'm thinking, man, they must have a magic wand up their sleeve. I I haven't haven't found that secret ingredient in Twitter. I haven't found it yet, but there must be some way. I've heard people say that Twitter is extremely effective, but you have to really work it and know how to work it. Who who are some of your favorite writers, whether it's children books or adult books, and what is it about their work that you appreciate most, Catherine? I would have to say Renee Hand is one of my favorites. She's um, I don't know. She's got very you know she's very creative. She really engages the children in her publications as well. Um, 
I don't even know where to start with adult books. I have so many books that I enjoy reading, and they're and the books that I really enjoy reading are where the adult books uh, and children's as well is when they engage the uh, the reader, you know, bringing them into the story. It you know it's just a fantastic feeling that you feel like you're part of the story. You're you're going to turn that page to find out what happens, especially in children's books. They want to turn it to find out what happens with Marvin. Yeah, and then a great mystery for an adult book, the same thing. And then as a reader, as a, a mystery, I'm not sure if you do this, but I always try to figure out who did what before the author, before the author yeah. says who did what. Yeah, exactly. And, and sometimes I'm surprised. It's like I'm watching a whodunit show trying to figure it out. Now, you said you're on, you work Twitter and Facebook. What are some, can you give us your, uh, what will they call it, your um is it your, not your handle? Maybe it's your handle. What is your, yes, we're, we're, we're all off the shelf listeners. If they want to follow you, they know just what to look for. Um, like mine is at is DT Writers. But what, what is your, what is your handle on, on the social networks? And other than Facebook and Twitter, if you're on any other social media networks, can you let us know what those are and where our listeners can find you there as well? Uh, well, I just mainly use Twitter, and my Twitter name is Marvin Discovers at Marvin Discovers, and okay. capital M and capital D. And Facebook, I have a fan page under Marvin Discovers Book Series. Okay, so, and, and Facebook is one. Now, I, I work with Book Book Buzzer as well, where they have an app. You can put more about yourself, your bio, et cetera. On Facebook, a Facebook change with their timeline, so that people can learn even more about you and your books at Facebook. That's one thing I like about Facebook. Twitter is, you know, you got those short, those short messages. I have to learn how to use Twitter. I'm just gonna have to learn. I do use it every day, and I do post something on there every day. But I've got to learn how to use it, uh, more, you know, smarter. Uh, I know people say there's a way you can go on Twitter and you can find certain groups. And people who like, you know, your type of work. And then you tweet to them back and forth, and that can generate interest as well. Are you working on any new books as we come down to the last three minutes? Are you working on any new books right now, Catherine? And if so, we know we've got Marvin Discovers Snow and Marvin Discovers the Beach. Are you working on any new material? And if so, can you let us know when we can expect to see it on the market? Uh, the next story I have in mind is Marvin discovers the farm. I okay. thought it would be appropriate that he discovers the, you know, the, where my childhood, where I grew up. Mm-hmm. And um, I haven't written the story yet. Um, life has been busy for me the last couple of months. Um, I'm hoping to have it out in 2013. Okay, Marvin discovers the farm. So for you, it's like going back home. It's a new. Yeah. It's a new. It's a new. Do you live on a farm now? You still no, actually, home? I actually I don't. However, my father um, still lives on the farm that I grew up on. So, wow. you know, I go back there almost every week. So it's it's perfect. Yeah. So yeah. So you don't have to just rely on your memory when you write this book. That is fascinating. What last words of encouragement or advice would you like to leave with our listeners here at Off the Shelf on this Saturday morning? For the parents and the grandparents out there, um, I think I just want to let you guys know, connect with your children in your life. Take the time to connect with them. Discover your inner child, which will help you connect with that your child in your life all the more better. Become that child, too, to as well. They, your, your children, your grandchildren would love to see the inner child in you come out, and you'll get lots of giggles and laughter. Um, for aspiring authors or artists, persevere, have patience, and believe in yourself. Wow, thank you so much, Catherine. A wonderful message that you left with us. You have been such a joy. I tell you, your spirit is so wonderful. You've been a joy. We've been speaking with Catherine Kessler here. She's the author of the Marvin Discovers Children's Book. Those of you who might have tuned in and just just started tuning into the show, or you might listen to the taping, listen to her read from Marvin Discovers and tell me you don't want to get that book for your child or your grandchild or if you're a school teacher at your school. 
and she has activity sheets you can get to accompany the book and her goodie bag. Oh my goodness! She also has you know you can get the video and uh, just, just so many things that she includes in the goodie bag, the activity sheet. I really like that idea. And then the, the illustrations with Marvin Discovers. If you go to the website marvindiscovers.com, you can follow Catherine on Twitter, Marvin Discovers. She's on Facebook as well, Marvin Discovers. You can go over there, like her page, and keep up with what she's doing. And Twitter, you can follow her again and keep up with what she's doing. Thank you so much, Catherine, for being here with us today. Oh, I so enjoyed you. And thank you to our our many listeners here at Off the Shelf at Blake Radio and here on on Blog Talk Radio. Please come back next Saturday, 11 o'clock a.m. Eastern Standard Time. That's New York City time. And, and and we will bring you another phenomenal guest. We always bring you movers and shakers in the book publishing industry, writers, editors, publishers, uh, uh, PR folks. And then also we've brought you some small business, uh, people in the small business space that give you information that can help enrich and improve your life, whether you're a business owner or a reader or somebody who has other aspirations. As I always tell you, remember, you're so incredibly blessed. Go out and create a fabulous day for yourself. See you back here next Saturday, 11 a.m., and I want to let you know, please, please tune in on Wednesday, August the 15th at 7 o'clock, while I'll be interviewing at MS Station, MS Station, 7 o'clock, August the 15th. Thank you again, Catherine. Please go support Catherine and purchase her books. Bye for now. Remember, you're incredibly blessed. Catherine, I'll shoot you an email.